This podcast is presented by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and your one-stop shop for optimizing all your office technology. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Is it caught? Is it caught? Oh my goodness, it's caught! DeAndre Hopkins caught it! He caught it for a touchdown! You've got to be joking me! Welcome to Cardinals Underground, presented by Pacific Office Automation. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Touchdown, Kyler Murray. That defender is in multiple pieces. Oh, that was nasty right there, right? The latest news and notes from the guys who cover the team. Drilled by Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is balling. Bring it on, bring it on. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. I ain't scared of nobody. Here's Paul Calvisi. How about we get a show of hands right off the top? This is part of an overall uh, fact-finding mission by yours truly, but at the same time, I'm guessing it'll make you feel even better about yourself. That's why I'm here, Pauly Podcast, alongside you're, Darren Urban. You're here next to me so you can make me feel better about myself? Just me being here makes you uh, that, feel better about I, yourself. Thought, well, that's where you're going. Okay. And I've got an anecdote to prove that momentarily. Okay. But first, we have an introduction. Felipe Corral, Jr., content provider part of the content team just like the two of us joins us in this edition of cardinals underground and not to hit you over the side of the head with a sideways question okay felipe have you ever had caterpillars come raining down into your yard at any point during your arizona stay because i've been here 30 plus years and all of a sudden it's like march of the penguins at casa calvisi except it's caterpillars pouring out of the preserve because of the monsoon rain uh, and right now, uh, I have a serious pest control issue on my hands, and I'm wondering if anybody else has encountered this ever before. Felipe, what says you? I've lived in Arizona for the 26 years of, of my life, Paul and Darren, and I've never encountered that. I live in East Mesa, so I, I didn't necessarily encounter that last week either. So I don't know what I don't know what part of the state you live in, Paul, but right. I definitely didn't yeah. see caterpillars fall. Well, down. it's Southwest Payson uh, by most <laughs> estimations. I did a quick Google search, and there were articles 2014 after a massive monsoon rain that there were areas of the valley inundated by caterpillars. And by inundated, I'm talking about there were about three dozen on my driveway this morning when I walked out there. So. You're in a high-rent district, Paul. Most no, of us just have to deal with no, scorpions. Not right? at all. Not at all. In fact, you get you know caterpillars. What? Maybe they chase the scorpions. Maybe that was foreshadowing because we haven't had a scorpion in a long time. So maybe that had something to do with it. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe. Yeah. So, okay. Darren. Or maybe the scorpions can't afford where you live. As an Arizona native, you, you haven't had any sort of brush with death and the caterpillars uh, at all. Not caterpillars. Again, I've had scorpions. I've had black widows situations, uh, you know, stuff like that. Caterpillars, that just isn't. Yeah. I know. I've been looking around in the news to see if there's any other. Even on Twitter, no one's tweeting about it. So maybe later I'll send out a video just to prove what I'm talking maybe about in this one. Okay. Doing something and you're hallucinating something. Paul. I figure it's the month of August. Paul, you should put a video on your Twitter just so, so we can know where you live. Because I mean, caterpillars <laughs> in your part of town. I mean, where are you right now? You, I I am starting to believe that you do li- live in Payson. There is no dirt road where I where I live, so you know I, I just don't understand it. I'd say it is suburbia, so I don't understand where this all comes from. Then again, it is August. It is August. Anything that happens in the month of August, uh, you know, really doesn't necessarily count. You know, when you talk about something, unless your fans losing their mind over a trio say, of three and outs now? and negative one yards after uh, for the first team, I, I just don't get. To me, the preseason is sort of like one of those purge movies. You can do anything you want in the preseason; it doesn't really matter. It shouldn't matter because there's no correlation. Are you feeling me on that, Felipe? Did you just mention the the purge movie? One of those purge movies. You I'm know, sur- where I'm I'm surprised you even watched them. Where they. <laughs> Okay, here we go. A See, member of the 18 to 34 bring demo. Bring him in here, and he's and just going to rip on us. Already I'm getting slandered right off the top because I'm not in the 18 to 34 demo. Like, like well, You Felipe. haven't been there for a long time, Paul. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> Hashtag it really can always get worse. Thank you. I just I wanted to avoid the rookie hazing, so I beat you to it. You know, <laughs> I not anymore. We yeah, were we'll going to avoid that. We were going to treat you like 2021, and maybe you'd carry a helmet. Now it's going to go back to like 1983. <laughs> Tape to the goalpost. <laughs> Tape to the goalpost. We'll make Wolf laugh for some weird we'll reason. Sing your fight song. So, the thing about the preseason not mattering, and, and I'm not even talking about Kyler because I, I think he was talking about it in a different thing. I, I tend to agree with you, Paul, in terms of the. 
potential lack of correlation, but I, I, I think it's a team-by-team and a player-by-player kind of nuance. I mean, if you're Zayvon Collins, I think the preseason absolutely matters. I think getting these reps absolutely matters. If you're Isaiah Simmons, I think it hurt you not having preseason games last year. Kyler, I'm a little bit more on the fence of. I mean, he's played two years, and he's played two pretty good years. And last year... Um, it was his really solid play in the first week of the season with no preseason that let them win that game in San Francisco. So I don't know. I, I, I understand the fans who get a little bit upset when it doesn't go well, but I, I, I've seen too many of these things too, where it's like, it is tough to see the correlation all the time. And I don't want to completely dismiss it, but I, I don't know if there's, a, you can draw a straight line. So maybe what he's saying, Felipe, is that team results don't matter. Individual results do. If you go out there and stink up the joint, your receiver, and you drop a half dozen passes, guess what? Things aren't going well for you. But in terms of a team result or what's in the final team stat book or up on the scoreboard, uh, there has been proven to be zero correlation between August and the rest of the year. Do you guys feel like fans were left wanting more after last season, especially how last season ended that when this preseason preseason started, all the hype surrounding Kyler Murray going into his third year, adding the pieces that they added, that they wanted to see more from this team in the preseason, especially since there wasn't one last year. They ended on, you know, a so-so note and the improvement from Kyler Murray that when they saw three offensive series from him and he didn't necessarily, you know, launch the ball down the field, that they were left with, well, that's what I want to see this season. I, you know, I, I think that's a really fair point. I, I think there's an anxiousness to, to see some stuff, to get started. and But I, I think that permeates everywhere. It's not just, to me, it's not just the fans who might have been looking for it the other day from Kyler, but I, you know, I think it's from Kyler himself when he talks about not wanting to play the preseason games and just get to the games account. It's really interesting in the mailbag, your favorite mailbag, Paul. Oh, I missed um, it this week. Well, I gotta get it's to that. there. I'm sure you'll check yeah. it out. Well, the two hours I spent dealing with caterpillars yeah, cost me the mailbag. Well, that's a that's an odd yeah. uh, dichotomy there. But yeah. um, I, I would think that uh, where somebody, somebody brought up, like, what is the league going to do with the preseason? You know, when talking about these quarterbacks not playing – or you know starters not playing and and what and what he didn't say but a lot of fans bring up is the the money that they have to spend on the tickets when they get season tickets and I understand all that but the reality is the, the there's always going to be 20 games you know we might get to a point at some point it's 17 and 3 right now we might get to a point where there's 18 regular season games I don't think that can happen for a number of years now I think it they have to get through the CBA before they can change that again but there's always going to be 20 games and this idea, like when we talk to players and, you know, Justin Pugh or even Cliff Kingsbury saying one preseason game would be plenty, that's fine, but I don't see us having a 19-game regular season. And the owners are not going to go backwards in the number of games they have and the number of times they can bring fans into the thing, whether the games count or not. So it's, there's not going to be a one-game preseason. There might be two, but we're, we're going to have three. They're never going to get to the point where it's like, okay, the best scenario is, you know, because if you let's face it, Paul, if you well, talk about the players, they would they wouldn't mind a 16 game season, which personally I thought was just fine. I didn't need another regular season game and one preseason game, and that's just never going to happen. Well, you know my stance on it. I'd be fine with a 16 game regular season, but if you're telling me you can reduce it from four preseason games to three then darn right, give me the 17th regular season sure. game if you're going to stick to 20. Four preseason games was just intolerable, and I'm glad they reduced it. But think of what it took to even get to a reduction of preseason games. It was a process that lasted many years. And honestly, the only reason we're down to three preseason games is because there was a pandemic last year. That's the only reason why, because they were able to go to the negotiating table and they traded this for that and some of the COVID protocols in return for this new CBA. And that included one less preseason game in return for the 17th regular season game. We can talk all we want about 18 regular season games and two preseason games, but the NFLPA ain't going there without a big time fight. It made me uh, grateful for the preseason. Last year made me grateful for the preseason. Because I remember that first week of the season, Isaiah Simmons versus that San Francisco yep. offense and that, you know, that long touchdown that yep. he gave up. And it, and it got me thinking, man, what if he would have had a complete full 
you know, preseason. Would we have seen a more complete Isaiah Simmons all throughout last all throughout last year? And obviously we're seeing a lot of a lot from Zayvon Collins during this preseason. So there's a balance. I know the players don't necessarily like it, especially the veterans, but you know, when you look down the roster and you see Greg Dortch performing the way he's performing throughout the preseason and then you see that you know, that young duo at the linebacker position getting some reps together, things of that nature. They make me grateful for the preseason, I guess. Obviously, four to three is—I don't know how you guys see it, but I think it's a—it's a big difference. And having that week to rest before before yeah. week one, yeah. you know. And, and I mean, I don't know. People were griping about the lack of star power in the preseason, but this last preseason game, everyone saw Patrick Mahomes for an entire half, which is pretty remarkable yeah, in today's true. environment. And you saw Kyler for three series, so I know a buddy of mine went to the game, and he was more than pleased. He got to see Mahomes and Kyler for quite a bit of that game. But I get it. Here's the thing, though. Let's say Kyler plays against New Orleans, which I do not expect at all, but even if he does, even if he goes out there and he has a perfect passer rating, do the fans feel better when he did it against a vanilla defense, when he did it against the Saints twos and threes? What does that prove? Even if you do excel – in the preseason, what exactly does that prove for Kyler at this point well, in his career? Now, maybe a Zayvon Collins yeah. goes out and has a dozen tackles. Okay, they need to see that because he's wearing the green dot and he's the middle linebacker. Well, I mean, again, it goes back to what you were saying earlier about the correlation. And I don't know if there is any correlation. And the thing is, is you're never going to really know. I mean, the the famous thing, and, and the results for preseason don't matter, but it's just easy from a 30,000-foot look to, to, to go back to that. But everybody likes to joke about how the Lions went 4-0 in the preseason the year they went 0-16. Right. I mean, again, the out the, when we get to the end of these games, the Chiefs game is a great example. We get to the end of that game, and the, and the Cardinals score late, and they pull within a touchdown, and we're seeing what's happening. And I feel like... We're not even on the same planet by the time we get to the last eight minutes of the fourth quarter that we were when Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes were on the field. Because we're not. Because the players are so drastically different for the most part. And that's – so the results don't don't matter as much. But, again, if, if – fans, fans don't like to talk about this part of it. But, again, if you – if Kyler Murray goes out and lights it up week one in Tennessee, no one's going to care what happened. And if he does terrible, everybody's going to say, see, he should have played in the preseason. And and I don't know if either one of them, you know, I, I don't know if it necessarily proves that he shouldn't have played the preseason if he goes and lights it up. Maybe he could have been even a little bit better had he played. And I don't know if he struggles in Tennessee if, if it would have been any different had he played more in the preseason. Paul, do you guys think that, Darren, do you guys think that Kyler Murray getting, getting the reps, the you know the handoff, getting you know maybe sacked here and there, does that prepare him for the actual season? First that, of all, let me just cut in. You don't have to add me if you want to talk to Paul. I understand if you <laughs> want to leave me out, Felipe. It's not that big. Hey, I'm, I'm a rookie, Darren. I let, me, let me get used no. to it. You know, I'm it. trying I to pick your guys' brains and whatnot, but it's, you know, it's an interesting question to see. Remember, Carson Palmer used to say he wanted to get hit at least once, right? He wanted to get hit in real live game action, full contact, full speed football. Okay. For Kyler Murray, I guess, you know, yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. I remember you brought up the Carson thing. His first press conference when he was a rookie, I think it was his first press conference, I asked him, I said, Carson Palmer once said, or maybe it was his first, before his first game, Carson Palmer once said he likes the idea of getting hit, and I got one of those Kyler kind of chuckle. Oh, you got the scoff? I got the kind of chuckle scoff, and he's mm-hmm. like, no, I don't want to get hit. I don't ever want to get hit. He was like yeah. completely the opposite. He'd rather never be touched. Yeah. See, for me the problem is, and I have to put my place in the shoes of the fans who are not seeing every practice we're out here we have the benefit of seeing every practice so we see kyler murray ones on ones full speed football now it's not tackle to the ground but it's full speed football it's him throwing to deandre hopkins covered by byron murphy and him getting into a tight window so we see him making these throws we see how sharp he is we see him making those throws downfield on the money uh, some plays, like you mentioned, Greg Dortch. Oh, if we had been able to report on today's practice, there might have been another great diving deep ball in traffic by number 38. If we'd been able to report on it, there might have been that happening today. So we have the benefit of seeing all that. So when you see some of these preseason results, I know I'm quick to dismiss them because, A, you're not game planning. B, 
they're out there just trying to get the reps. And see, you don't know how many guys are just going through the motions. The fact of the matter is, and a longtime player confirmed this for me earlier in the week, half the guys in the locker room just want to make it through the preseason, make sure they're healthy for the regular season. The other half, they're going – they're 100 miles an hour trying to make the team. So you have this dichotomy of how players approach the preseason. Hence, you can't get real results to count on. I just feel like there's nothing that Kyler Murray has, hasn't has seen from defenses that he's going to see in the preseason. I mean, most especially of the, in the preseason. Especially in the preseason. Most of these teams have a similar to Cliff Kingsbury. They're not opening up their, their playbook. If, there's a, if there is something that Kyler Murray benefits the most from is practice. I mean, there's stuff we can't report from the close portions of practice that we see and that a lot of people were complaining about after that, you know, that Friday game, that Friday night game against the Chiefs that I wanted to say, well, if you were at practice, you would see that vertical, that vertical game being practiced or whatnot. So I just feel like there's nothing he's going to see in the preseason offensively that he's yeah. hasn't already seen. He's in a ball out. You know, we've seen improvement from him from year one to year two. And, you know, you can expect that in year three. So here on Cardinals Underground brought to you by Pacific Office Automation, uh, we'll make a proclamation. Okay, based on the preseason results, the Cardinals are going to get crushed in week one at Tennessee, and then they're going to jackstop Minnesota. Based on the preseason results, because if you guys haven't noticed, the Titans are 2-0, and and it's a Titans team that went out there and just beat down Tampa 34-3, to and they've allowed three or fewer points in back-to-back preseason games for the first time since at least 2000. That's Tennessee. And then the Vikings, in their two preseason games, I have it right here, they've gone for zero offensive touchdowns, and they looked abysmal in the opener against Denver, losing 33-6, to and then followed it up with another bad loss against the Colts. Two words there, Toll. So based on the preseason, Cardinals are going to be one and one, a big loss to Tennessee and a big win against Minnesota. I can't believe you just went over a bunch of preseason results. Didn't there you go. just talk about it? There you go. So let's talk about individuals because I like your point that it may not matter for the team, but it definitely matters for certain players. Is so, Kirk Cousins vaccinated yet? <laughs> <laughs> they have bigger issues in Minnesota, by the way. And, uh, you know, as long as, uh, as long as the prop bets are coming here in T-minus less than three weeks, uh, I'm taking the under on the Vikings. That's just me. I don't even know what the, uh, what the win-loss total is. I'm just not feeling the Vikings right now. Uh, here's my question. Uh, Felipe, let's go with you since Darren's being a little obstinate over there, I think. You I know? would never be obstinate a little, not in front uh, of you. you know. That's a very personal thing. <laughs> Do you have concerns with the tackling? As long as Darren said, you know what, focus on some of the individuals, some of the – instead of the actual team results, when a Zayvon Collins and I had a chance to interview him after the game, I mean, dude was downright despondent, which, by the way – I like I like a guy where every single game, preseason or not, it matters to him. He was really upset with himself for missing some tackles. Do you think that's a big deal, or is that just a byproduct of every preseason because they never practice tackling? Hence, tackling is going to be poor until you probably get till mid-September. I just can I make a quick point before I get to that question. You know, before Kyle Odegaard left, I always tease them about his vocabulary because mm-hmm. he has a very a very dominant vocabulary that some of these words that he would you know mention during some of our shows i would be like what does that mean bro yeah, kyle likes to flex and, and i got <laughs> to this podcast and i told myself i hope they don't throw these big <laughs> vocab words darren said promient what, what's that word that i was just like come on i'm trying to talk football I'm not i'm not in a spelling bee or anything that's right. like that you know that's right <laughs> put down the thesaurus already there, my goodness there we go i yeah. needed to pull up the dictionary but to but to your question you know that's one of the points i had i think this preseason is benefiting someone like zavin collins with this timing i remember during otas i was talking to adrian adrian wilson while i was shooting practice and by shooting i mean filming and one of the one of the, <laughs> thanks, sorry, thanks sorry, for clarifying that no, we wouldn't I, want I, you to I, think I, you I, took I, out a firearm. <laughs> no, I didn't even hear that. I heard the name drop. I heard Adrian Wilson. I heard the name drop. I didn't even hear. The they're a little bit. They're, they're a little bit nicer in OTAs, you know, talking to some of the people on the content team. But one of the one of his biggest points was <laughs> was was timing. He was talking about how when he's when he's looking at the safeties in his case that he's always looking for timing and that's what some that's something that Buda Baker's so great at. So that's what I was looking for for Zayvon Collins. You know, in that first preseason game he had those you know, that tackle for loss and then he had another tackle at the, at the line of scrimmage for no gain. 
But then against the Chiefs, you did see him miss some tackles. And I always I went back to that point that Adrian Wilson brought up, timing. And that's where I see the preseason benefiting young guys like we've been talking about in timing, especially in tackling. If you miss a tackle like he, like he did in Friday, in Friday night's game, that's going to be a 20, 25-yard gain, yep. gain against starters in the NFL, against some of the bigger stars. And week one, if you miss a tackle against Derrick Henry, what it, what's oh. that going to develop oh. into? What's that going to turn into? That's so. going to be Derrick Henry to the second level, and a lot of DBs making a business decision. You're right. Right. You're so, right. So I think timing when it comes to tackling is going to be something worth noting, especially this upcoming you know, final preseason game. So what do you think? I mean, in a way – Darren, wouldn't you say, okay, hey, man, get it out of your system in August? To me, that is a benefit of the preseason. Yeah. Saving Collins, you know, can't get away with that shoulder tackle. Right. Nope, this is the NFL. Mm -hmm. NFL ball carriers aren't going down with a shoulder tackle. Uh, maybe you're a little too amped up. You overran a couple of plays, right? I, I'm not sure what exactly he found on film. I can just tell you guys that I was standing next to him, socially distanced. He had his own mic. I had mine. There we are in the Cardinals locker room. Just the fact we were down there after all of last is season. Is that new for you, that, Paul? Well, for this year, it is, absolutely, because we hadn't done that since 2019, pre-pandemic. So we're down there. We're doing face-to-face -face interviews at a distance. And his face was, uh, you know, deep in thought, staring at his shoe tops as he's talking about the game. And you can tell he's reviewing every single snap in his mind. And I like that. I like that where it matters to a player. He doesn't dismiss, you know, the bad. He doesn't just focus on the good. In fact, he didn't focus hardly on the good at all. It was so I like the mindset because think about it. You're a first-round pick. You get the big contract. You're handed a starting job. You're the captain of the defense in so many different ways. Buda Baker earlier today called him the called said it was his. He has ownership of the defense. You haven't even played a single regular season snap. So there's a real chance to get a huge ego if you're a Zayvon Collins and think you've already arrived and start smelling yourself, in the words of DJ Humphreys. <laughs> Instead, here's a guy who's very critical of himself. I like that. I like seeing that in a guy. Well, you know, again, I, I think, first of all, if you're uh, self-motivated, which most of these guys are to get to this level, sure. but Zayvon Collins sure. clearly has this this level of maturity and, and self-motivation that, you know, it was weird when we heard him on draft night and he's he's kind of <laughs> doing the expletive-laden conversation with Steve Kime. You he weren't sure what to he get He was it. celebrating. He was Darren, celebrating. You know? It was great. I enjoyed the heck out of it. But you weren't sure exactly what you got. And the more I'm around him, it just the more how, how absolutely driven. And then to hear what he said after the game in terms of how he was kind of knocking himself over what he didn't do. But, you know, again – that goes back to the bigger picture. Like you, if you're again, if you're self-motivated like him, you're going to take these opportunities. Felipe's taking the opportunity to do this right now. Now, if we had a preseason podcast, maybe Felipe would benefit more being on the preseason podcast exactly. than yeah. the two of us having to do more reps. After you know, I've been on Cardinals Underground since it started. You you started and then you were off for a little bit and then you were back. But like we've been on the air basically this podcast since 2007. Whoa, Paul, you I, left? Whoa. I don't think. Well, I Paul left. You it, let it him was leave a legit. There? It was a logistical issue. Oh, let's put it that oh, way. There, that the, the time when it was me, Paul, and Wolf was the, getting Wolf and Paul together <laughs> in the same room was a logistical nightmare. And finally, Darren just said, "You know what? We're going to split it up because this just isn't worth it anymore." Because the two of them could never come together. Don't talk about 2007. The man's only 26. See, I know. Okay? Trust I think, me. I think I was like, I'm sure know, he was 15, 16. See, you know? that's what happens. He does the math, and then that's what we get to hear. But we her. wouldn't, we wouldn't yeah. need the preseason podcast, Paul. But the Zayvon Collins corral over there here probably right. does. Right. Well, you know what. Uh, you can be Isaiah Simmons to his Zayvon Collins. You can call him a weirdo a little bit later based on the uh, draft night I was reaction, thinking about you know? that. Where would you guys yeah, rank you know. that interview, by the way, and <laughs> your and your years of being with yeah. this organization? Where does Zayvon Collins' draft night interview rank for you guys? Yeah, on the scale of being unique, uh, yeah, that was a 9 <laughs> out of 10. I, I, w I would say that. Uh, there, there, there's no doubt about that. That was uh, very unique. But, look, we've seen a lot of different guys react in a lot of – different ways on on draft night tyron matthew yeah very emotional being a, a third the rod steven telling were you in there for that call uh, that might have been I was actually yeah where he got really seventh round where right? he was really like mm -hmm. upset not upset he was yeah. it was tears of joy yeah. but it was one of the best you know in the year before isaiah simmons and i get it was a pandemic and he was at home well so was avon collins but it was more of a muted reaction isaiah simmons when he went 
to the Cardinals number eight. Well, overall. when you start thinking about it, though, Isaiah Simmons thought all along he was going to be a top ten pick. Maybe Zayvon Collins wasn't absolutely sure he was going to be a first round pick. Uh, you know, Tyron Matthew, we know those deals. Larod Stevens Howling, we were just talking about, he was, you know, he was a guy who he never started in college. He was a backup like his whole career. Yeah. And to get actually picked in the NFL, even though it was a seventh round pick, I love the hyphen. Don't you guys feel like. Isaiah, you love your nickname. I do. Stevens Howling, what he loves I'm saying learning, his own I'm nickname. learning on the, on the go. But Isaiah Simmons, I feel like he he's always been in the spotlight. I mean, he comes yeah. from. He comes from Clemson, you know. Yeah, one of the that's big, true. One of the big college football. Although teams he was lightly recruited, country. so he yeah. probably got more media attention there than he does in Arizona, perhaps at uh, Clemson. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you SEC. Know? Yeah. So the fact Isaiah Simmons, by the way, uh, we were going to talk about this. We see him quite a bit on the outside. Yeah. What do you think that portends? What do you think that means? Do you think? That's real or not real. Maybe that should be our new game show in August. <laughs> real real or, not. or not real. Darren, you're on the spot. Well, I'm going to go with real. Now, if we're talking about, like, all the time, I mean, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But if one of your better defenders is yet another uh, inside linebacker in Jordan Hicks, and I think they wouldn't mind getting him on the field, and you can do some things with Isaiah Simmons on the outside, whether it's – you know, picking up a running back in the slot or coming off the edge uh, when people aren't expecting it. I, th- I think absolutely those uh, those things are that, – that's why you draft an Isaiah Simmons, to get him in those things. And if you can get Jordan Hicks on the field at the same time, because I think Jordan Hicks is having a very good training camp, quite Agreed. frankly, yep. and he works well with Zayvon Collins, and I think Zayvon Collins is the kind of – abilities where you can put them him and Hicks and inside linebacker and, and still be in a good place. Can I call an audible real quick? You can do whatever Please you do. want. Please do. Because you said real or not real. Real or not real. I'm going to call audible. I'm going to go to the terms that, you know, the, I want to say millennials use. <laughs> what I, is, that, is that appropriate? Yeah, well, I gotta, we right. go by cap or fact. Fact or cap. Oh, yeah, okay. Fact okay. or cap. That, that's and, and fact. That's fact. Fact or cap. No cap. No cap. See, Darren is trendy. I did not know that, Darren. I, 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 I work he's got three teenagers years, at home. Years, you know, it's a, you know, he, he's got a home like field that. advantage. That's what he has. So it's, fact, it's cap or no cap. And I think it's no cap because Isaiah Simmons last year, some of his best performances were against the Bills, the Seahawks, and the Patriots, if I remember clearly. And what do they all have in common? They all have – Mobile quarterbacks, yeah. Cameron Owen, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson. And I think he shined the most last year when he was playing outside because he has a speed to pressure the quarterback. And if they try to scramble, well, you're not going to run away from Isaiah Simmons necessarily. So I think it's no cap. I think he should see more time on the outside. There should be some packages where you see Jordan Hicks, Zayvon Collins, and Isaiah Simmons on the field at like the same that. time. And then – I think he is benefiting from Chandler Jones not necessarily being participating in practice. Yeah, that probably is a good point, too. And J.J. Watt as well not being part of those preseason games and, and not participating in practice. So I think it's it's good reps, though. I always ask myself, he needs more reps as an inside linebacker at the same time. So where where does that balance come in from? I feel like, you know, I feel like, it's practice where he gets some of those reps. I mean, I feel like when we're watching the games, he's been inside because they know that's where he, he needs them. But that that play, and, and Paul, I'm sure you remember it, the the little quick out to, was it Hard, Hardman? Yeah. Where Paul. Isaiah Simmons just, I mean, he, he closed. It looked like he was a good five, six, seven yards away uh, when he caught the short out. And Isaiah Simmons closed faster, I think, than any player I've ever seen close. And that includes some smaller cornerbacks and everything. It was amazing. And he, he stopped him short of the sticks. I can't remember if it was a second down throw or a third down throw. I want to say it was a second down throw right out over there. And I was just like, that was that was a moment, which I had seen it before kind of, but like seeing the speed of Isaiah Simmons was just unreal to me. It was two snaps in a row. I don't write down many notes in my uh, notebook on the sideline uh, during those preseason games, but it was the first series 
the one that resulted in the 15 plays and then yeah. the field goal for Kansas City. There was a second down along. They got behind the sticks. I think it was second and 14, and I put an asterisk and a star next to his tackle, the uh, running back from Kansas City, and then there was that next play where, yes, he got Miko Hardman. And, uh, yeah, both that was a double ding. There's no doubt about it. You, you saw Isaiah Simmons. You saw the speed. You saw the ferociousness. You saw a guy that if you're going to put your 11 best players on the field, he needs to be out there. Here's the rub. 58 is probably still one of the 11 best defenders you have in Jordan Hicks, especially based on this camp. Dude is playing with an extra edge. He was doing it earlier today. He made a few plays in the portion of camp we can't report on, but I will tell you, he was fired up. And when he makes a play, he makes it known he made a play. So you know what? I want a guy with that high football IQ who might be feel like he's been a little bit slighted. He's playing with an edge, and I also believe he's playing for a lot of incentives in his contract. Well, so he's extra motivated to be productive, is he not? You, he, he's not only playing for incentives this year, but the reality is the way his contract is structured and who they have on the field now, he may very well end up being a free agent after the season. We don't know if if they might choose to go in a yeah. different direction, uh, and and so he he knows he's he's playing for not only incentives but his potential his future so again so, so if you have that guy and to your point you pair him with two athletic linebackers yeah. around him who can take care of the running back in coverage or the tight end in coverage because that's his liability I, honestly i think that's what led to the cardinals the trying detail. to replace jordan hicks was in getting yeah. exploited in coverage either the running back I or the tight fair. end downfield so but if now you have that box checked with all the athleticism of an Isaiah Simmons or Jordan Hicks or a, or a Zayvon Collins, then Jordan Hicks can just be the guy calling the defense, get everyone in place, and being the run-stuffing, heat-seeking missile who knows where to be and when, and when to get there. And with all those instincts, I, I think that can only benefit the Cardinals' defense. That's the silver lining of this entire situation in that linebacker group, right? That they all complement each other pretty well. You know, you have Jordan Hicks being pretty efficient against, you know, the run game. And you have Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins who all have different skill sets, but at the same time, they're fast. They can cover sideline to sideline. They're athletic. Things that, like you mentioned, Jordan Hicks obviously struggled with at times last season. So if I always try to look at the positive things, guys. You know, I saw an opportunity to jump on this podcast, and I said, Boom. hey, can I talk to Darren? I need to <laughs> pitch something to him. Yeah. So I was just like, I took advantage of the opportunity, S- similar to how this defense is doing, you know, com- finding the strengths of Jordan Hicks and complementing that with the Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons of the world. You, you got to – you start thinking about it again. They got to be healthy, and yeah. right now we're still waiting for Chandler Jones to get back to full strength. We're still waiting for Marcus Golden. They got a couple safeties that are down, but you start thinking if they can have health, they. I mean, you got that outside linebacker. You got Jones and Golden and Kennard, and maybe you Simmons out there a little bit. You're you're pretty nice at inside linebacker. Um, assuming Gardeck is back on the field, I don't expect him anytime soon. Right. But I didn't even expect him on the field right in August at all. So who and, knows? And you know, you have a nice defensive line room again. All those guys need to come back healthy. The cornerbacks have been better than I expected, especially Marco Wilson. And you start wondering how much of a push of play time he gives. And now again, some of these guys. I got to see them when they're playing games that count. We talk about the preseason. When you're talking about the young linebackers, when you talk about Marco Wilson, you know, how Simmons on the outside sometimes, you know, you got to be able to see how they're going to hold up and when teams are game planning to try and exploit that. Um, but, you know, I, I, you, how do you not like this defense? We, we, talk, we talk all we want about, uh, you know, what the offense didn't do or what we're expecting the offense. And I feel like the defense is a little bit under the radar. And maybe this defense is the strength of the team. Who knows? I mean, if you want to hit zoom out as we near the end of camp here on Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation, we entered Cardinals camp, and I think everyone was wondering about the cornerback room, right? Agreed? Of course. And everyone also thought that the strength of this team, perhaps, was the offensive line room. Here we are towards the end of August – I'm wondering a little bit about the offensive line. A little bit. A little bit. And the cornerback room, I'm more than confident in. Because you're right, Darren, and I had to tell Craig Greeler as much yesterday in Camp Confidential that this segment on cornerbacks is brought to you by the number four. 
the Cardinals do have four cornerbacks because the fourth rounder, Marco Wilson, appears to be legit, and that's not me talking. You talk to some of the receivers, Christian Kirk on the Big Red Rage told us as much, saying, you know how you know he's legit? He hasn't been burned. He hasn't been embarrassed. Yeah. He hasn't been schooled. He makes every single throw a contested catch. He's always right there. Doesn't always make every play. And obviously this is camp. But if and then if you look at some of the pro football focus rankings, which you take with a grain of salt, how is it that Buda Baker can be the 19th best player in the NFL, but he was the 16th best safety in an offseason ranking by pro football First focus of all, on the safety this position? This is this is where we we have a little bit of. A, I mean, you know, <laughs> so, if you know, Kyle was here, this would change some things. Felipe is not Kyle. It's a different kind of. We're not going to get deep into the pro football focus at this point, but. I, I see what you're saying. So, so Marco Wilson has been graded highly and by some of the analytics highly. services. Uh, okay, but you don't need the numbers to tell you what your eyes tell you, and you guys have seen every practice like I have. I mean, he's out here proving he belongs. Talking about Kyle, Darren, I tweeted on my account, what should we talk about on the car? On What's Cartoon your Twitter handle? You can't mention it without dropping the Twitter <sighs> handle. Give it's the just full cross-promotion. Okay. Felipe Oral Jr. And you know who replied to me? Kyle. Kyle. And he said, analytics, bro. Yeah. And I was just like, well, I need to focus on the vocab sure. before I get to to that point. But I mean, uh, Kyle's sitting at home. What else is he doing? He's working from home, you know. So, That's, of course, he's working hard. He's saving all the commute time just to be snarky online. I, 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 I did see a, uh, you know, again, not getting too deep into it, but there was a play where Marco Wilson was covering DeAndre Hopkins in practice. And Hopkins ended up making the catch, but – Wilson was in a great place to break it up, and I agree with you. The idea that even the plays where he is giving a co- completion, he's in the play, and it's not really bad. I I think that's a that's a huge thing. Um, so I, I am curious to see how that plays out. Although I will say, Paul, I, I want to kind of wheel back to this offensive line concern of here yours. Here we go. And, yeah. You know, what what exactly are we talking about here? Well, is it because of the health or uh, because uh, of the right guard thing? Or I mean, do we all believe another show of hands here? Do you believe in the Wait, old cap cliche? or no cap? About cap okay. or no cap? There uh, you go, Paul. Start okay. off the the question by saying okay. cap or no cap. Real or not <laughs> real? <laughs> Darren's not the only one that could be obstinate. Real or not real? I'm playing off Kyler's vernacular Got here it. in the preseason. Real or not real? Cohesion and chemistry for an offensive line, because. They haven't had the same five guys for more than two days in a row. It's been a revolving door out there. The guards have been, you know, between the right guard situation and then the left guard COVID situation, right tackle was impacted a little bit. The only even center, right, 61, Rodney Hudson, has been hit or miss at times. The last couple weeks he's been solid. He's been there in terms of attendance, but – DJ Humphrey's been the only constant. Well, I agree with you, but I, I think in the world that we live in, especially with the COVID stuff, I mean, and you see it around the league, I mean, we're going to have that this year. Even with the vaccinations, we're going to have players missing a little bit of time. Now, hopefully it's less, um, but uh, the unfortunate part about this Delta variant is is that, um, unfortunately, vac- vaccinated people are still getting hit with it. And, again, the vaccine's about making sure you don't get super sick, not necessarily that you were never going to get it. But if you do get it, you can't have it around other people, and that's where Justin yeah. Pugh is right now, and, and that's why it's tougher. And I, I think, again, I like, I like some of the depth they put together on the offensive line. The Hudson thing would worry me. I think Max Garcia is a solid backup, but the whole reason you had high hopes about the offensive line was getting Rodney Hudson, so he's got to stay in there. And you don't want to lose your left tackle either. Um, but the chemistry thing, I'm not super worried about as much. I just, I'm, I'm not, uh, I probably should be maybe, but I'm not. I'm conflicted because this is where I ask myself, would this offensive line benefit from seeing a couple of offensive series during the preseason? But then I I tell myself, well, you don't want them to get potentially injured or something happened where they'll miss some weeks in the during the actual regular season but Rodney Hudson is a what eight nine year veteran in the NFL I mean he has the reps obviously Cliff Kingsbury's offense is different from what, what he's seen in the past and he alluded to that during one of his press conferences but these guys are veterans in the league I mean they're not going to benefit 
a little bit more or a, a ton more if they see a couple of drives in the preseason i think they they got the timing down they got the the knowledge the experience of being a lineman in the nfl that come week one you don't think rodney hudson is going to be fired up you don't think justin pugh's going to come back ready or the rest of that offensive line i mean i, I guess for me paul are you saying you wish they could play more preseason games or are you just talking about practice time together I'm talking mainly about practice time okay. because the reps are so limited. Yeah. Whatever preseason action they do get, I know they had three series, but they all went three and out. I, I get that. What we have seen in the, of the first team offensive line in the preseason hasn't been overwhelming, hasn't been stellar, no. right? I mean, in terms of performance, and, and I grade that just on one-on-one pass blocking and stuff that has nothing to do with scheming. Here's, here's another question. Because of all this in the revolving door, the in and out, and guys being out for extended periods, who's the best right guard on this team? If there's one legitimate question that's still hanging yeah, out there. that's true. Who is the starting right guard on this team? Do you think they already know? No. Mm-mm. Do you? I think so. You know something we I don't. think they're going with Justin Murray. They just haven't announced it yet. That's what I think. Um, and Brian Winters will get a chance to take that spot just because he has the experience. But uh, I, I could be convinced that they don't know yet, and all three of those guys will get significant snaps against the Saints just so they can get a sense, especially Brian Winters. What do they know about Brian Winters as of right now? Yeah, he's got plenty of film in his NFL career. I get it. He's a tested veteran, but – he also was in and out of the lineup a year ago for yep. the Bills. So where is he? At his age, your skills can deteriorate quickly. So one offseason can be the end of your career. So I think they have to figure out, especially with Brian Winters, I wouldn't be surprised if he got two or three drives what, at New Orleans. What gives you the confidence to say Justin Murray, though? If we haven't, if you've talked about how we haven't seen certain offensive linemen during practice or during the preseason, I haven't necessarily seen enough of Justin Murray throughout the Entire preseason. I, I would say Coogs has seen enough of him the last two years. Yeah, just would, just based on and the fact he's still in the prime of his if, career. If there's anybody that they know that hasn't practiced, he's that guy, Justin Murray. And I'm talking about pretty much everybody. I guess maybe Chandler Jones. They know Chandler Jones, but in terms of most of these guys that have missed significant time, I think they would probably be the most comfortable with Justin Murray because he's played so many regular season snaps already for them and. Um, I mean, if I had to lay a bet, I would say Justin Murray is the guy. I just don't know. I mean, I don't know if Josh Jones has made – I don't know what kind of progress he's made. He's had to be in there because the other two guys have been hurt. So he was going to play regardless, and it's good. That's That was the whole point. Let's get him in here, play with the ones, play with the twos, get him lots and lots of reps at guard. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I think I would still lay money on – on uh on justin murray and then the question becomes though how many offensive linemen might you keep you know brian winters is on such a contract that it's not a lock that he's on this team um you know so yep. you start wondering yourself okay who who's gonna do who's gonna be what you know what do you do with sean harlow who's uh gonna start for justin Pugh because Pugh's gonna miss the saints game and he's been almost exclusively at left guard. Do you feel comfortable enough that Winters could play left guard if you let Harlow go and kept Winters as one of those guys and Josh Jones is another swing guy? I mean, there's there's choices you're going to have to make. And when you start thinking about this 53-man roster, there's a lot of balance you've got to find in terms of, okay, who, what are we going to do? Are we keeping four running backs? Uh, you know, how many of these guys are Jeff Rogers specials who – are essentially on the 53-man roster because he wants them for special teams, and they wouldn't have necessarily beaten out player X for at his position, but they want him for special teams, so now he's on there. I mean, there it always comes down to when you start doing that kind of math, you always end up with like 56. I'll and take, so you got to figure a, out who those three guys are that you're knocking off. I'll take a stab at it. I'll say nine offensive linemen. You have your starters, left to right, DJ Humphreys, Justin Pugh, Rodney Hudson, Justin Murray, and Kelvin Beecham. Right. The other two right guards make this team, Brian Winters and Josh Jones. Who, who can swing and tackle. A, exactly. Max Garcia's on this team. That's eight. Okay. The ninth spot to be determined. And at this point, unless someone, a big name gets released that you like that's out on the street – I think Sean Harlow has made this team as an outsider so you're, looking in. So you're comfortable then with 
Josh Jones being your backup tackle when he's played guard the entire camp. Yes, that is that is the potential risk, and why I say if there's a tackle that ends up on the street yeah. after final cutdowns, August 31st, then Sean Harlow out, veteran tackle in. Possible. But didn't you say that the reason you like Justin Murray is because he's so familiar with the offense, right? And he can play tackle as well, which he did tackle. two years ago. Yeah. So, so then, and Calvin you're, but you're comfortable with Josh Jones being a tackle, even though he hasn't necessarily seen that much time there. But that that he, he's, he's new to guard. Yeah, you know, he, he spent his whole life a tackle. I mean, these, Justin Murray these, played these all in 2019 you start, as your starting right. I mean, the tackle. reality is, if DJ Humphreys gets hurt, your offensive lineman is in a <laughs> world of hurt anyway. Oh boy, knock on wood on that one over there. It's, by the way, DJ Humphreys should have a new incentive in his contract. Every time he breaks up a fight, he should get some <laughs> sort of monetary reward. I've got three. I've got three fights broken up by DJ Humphreys in this camp. If we were able, if we were able to report on that, that's that's what I would say. I like it more that he makes humor out of it. You know, he's, <laughs> yes, I remember he in one of those situations, yes. he, started, he started pretending right. he was doing some karate moves and stuff like that. I'm like, how can you take this guy yes. serious if you're I in know. the middle of it? It's called leadership, boys. <laughs> he, he goes in, and, and to defuse the fight, he makes everyone laugh. Yeah, exactly. You're right. You it's it's, it's, like it's well done by DJ Humphreys. That here. should be another yeah. incentive. Yeah. How many times does Humphreys make yeah. people laugh or things of that nature? He'd be... <laughs> you want some sparks? Here's what you do. This is how you solve the backup offensive lineman question. Yeah. Is in the last padded practice of the week on Wednesday, O-line, D-line, one-on-one drills, sick J.J. Watt on both Justin Murray and Josh Jones and Brian Winters, one after another, get that on film and figure out who is able to block J.J. Watt the best. A, you get a sense of where 99 is because he's new to practice this week, and then B – figure out, especially Brian Winters, who you haven't seen full contact, full go football yet, and you see where he's at. And uh, I, honestly, I think all eyes are going to be on that O-line, D-line drill, and some of those guys in question we just named are probably going to get their share of reps. It's it's possible. I mean, if, if they end up doing that stuff, I mean, it is good to see Watt back out there, and he was already doing more than he expected on his first day. And, and I, I do think it is funny when you see him out there, guys, uh, whether it's in individual drills or anything else, the the team just looks different. He, he he's got a vibe to him that um, you can just tell. You can see the ninety nine, and you see the big elbow brace, and you just yes. see his the mountain of the man that he is, and it 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 changes the dynamic, the prism that you see that defense when he's out on the field compared to when he's not. He just he does that. Darren, I like how you mentioned the mountain because I'm a big game of throws. Game of Thrones fan, and there's a that guy. That makes one of us, Felipe. And there, you, you guys, none of you guys watch Game of Thrones. No. A little bit here and there. I, I never got it. There's that. a guy named the Mountain on yeah, there. He's I, a villain. Yeah, I have heard that. And basically, the same exact build as JJ Watt. So when you mention the Mountain, I'm okay, like, oh, he can be, saying. he can be in the. See, in I've been Game around Leonard Davis, who as big as mm. JJ is, mm. nobody was ever as big to me as Leonard was. Just the square footage yeah. and the body mass on Leonard Davis is unmatched. Yes. Uh, there are guys taller, Calais Campbell, but just yes. in terms of the, the sheer uh, immensity of man, Leonard Davis takes the cake, but, does but, he not? But J.J. Watt is pretty up there, yeah. I would say. By the way, the mountain. Is he that the guy from Iceland who is also the world's strongest man candidate? Exactly. I've seen that he, guy. Yeah, he – yeah, you he's just said you watched famous. Game of Thrones. Of course you Well, no, it. I saw him in like a strongman contest. Uh, and he, was, gave he, his was background. he was part of that. He was part He's the world's he strongest like, man. He's like 6'9", 450. Yeah. I mean, absurd, J. right? J.J. Watt, basically. Well, that's what you're describing. I, I, mean, <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, no, I'm talking a legit 6'9", 450. Like, go find an industrial scale to weigh this guy. because 6'9", 450. How many Paul Calvises is that? No, wait, I, okay. <laughs> Somebody, oh, Jim Omohundro, please edit that out. That's slander. Once again, that's slander. <laughs> Fine. Have you not seen with some of the fine diminutive America? Don't make me bring up Greg Dortch around here. Uh, what Greg Dortch is doing in this in this I'm camp? I'm okay with way. that. Greg Dortch is having a heck of a camp. <laughs> That's I think. right. He is. I like Greg. All Dorch. right. So the receiver room because uh, it's quote unquote a big week for Andy Isabella. Yeah. I mean, come on. Is anybody going to argue with me? Here's your receiver room. Here's your final six. DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, Andy Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson. Is anybody willing to bet? Pauly prop bet, since it's coming, two weeks and counting, Pauly prop bet, there'll be another name, receiver name, that makes the final 53. Real or not real, Felipe? I think it's Cap because 
cab again i'm yeah, translating yeah, cab is okay. not real because i think what i've seen from someone like anton wesley throughout training camp i think puts him in the mix for that last receiver mm. spot i mean he's all, he's put up tremendous performances that obviously we can't necessarily touch on because they're they were during close portions of practice but you know his separation from the line of scrimmage against and the funny part is the first two weeks of camp I told myself well he's not going against you know the Malcolm Butler's the Robert Alfred's of the world but then in these last two weeks specifically I see I saw him line up against Robert Alfred I saw him line up against Malcolm Butler and he was still performing at that same high level that that I that I alluded to so I think if there is a, a wide receiver that can be knocking on the door to get that sixth spot maybe and in, instead of an Andy Isabella or instead of a Keyshawn Johnson it would be Anton Wesley I would say if if we're if we're talking about wagering which I don't wager but if we were talking about wagering <laughs> Uh, and I was uh, to do it. Like if we were talking I about the part of camp if, where we could report on I, I would need heavy odds on this because I think generally I think you're going to end up being right, and these other receivers would probably end up practice squad potentials. But mm-hmm. I would think that uh, – to I see what you're saying about Wesley. I don't – the thing is is I they, they still haven't seen him do it necessarily in a game. Like if he would have made that unbelievable catch that he almost made the other day – um I see to me Dorch is ahead in that regard. Now I don't think he's necessarily absolutely pushing for something, but if you did decide for whatever reason to move on for Andy Isabella, and I'm stating for the record I do not think they are going to, then then may, maybe it makes sense to have Dorch there who can return punts and return kicks and and maybe make some plays. I, you know, maybe be that guy that Isabella quite hasn't been. I don't know. I think ultimately, though, Paul, I think you're right. I think it's going to be those six guys. I think they'll have a couple of these guys on practice squad. And uh, and we're going to have one more go around at least for Isabella and Keyshawn and see if they can kind of move up the ranks because they've kind of gotten to this place where it's like they're good enough to be around, but they're not good enough to get any playing time. And, and we'll kind of see how that goes. If they, The only thing that could possibly – complicate that picture and make my statement uh cap did i get that right <laughs> yeah all right is if don't act so surprised is if Keyshawn johnson uh fails as a gunner if Keyshawn johnson yeah. all of a sudden loses confidence as a gunner and his special teams prowess by the special teams coordinator jeff rogers then guess what he could be in jeopardy but see again that's that's the that's the tough part of when we start doing these. We all want to do roster breakdowns, and we all want to go position by position. And ultimately, the special teams play such a huge role in it, and that's the part that those of us who watch usually know the least about. Because one, they don't really – you don't get to see a lot of it in practice, not full speed, not to really know. You'd have to really break down game film, and even then it's a little bit tougher. And you don't know exactly what everybody's thinking, and I agree with you. I mean – to lose Trent Shurfield to, in free agency, who they didn't see him as a wide receiver, which is interesting because he's balling he, out in San he, Francisco. He might end up as like a number three or number four in San Francisco. Um, oh. Although I don't think the receiver room is nearly as no. good as this one. I mean, nine are receivers. Try and catch the ball. Um, that would help. <laughs> but but he was clearly one of the best special teamers, and I know Jeff Rogers would have loved to keep him. And now you're right. You have a gunner role that Trent Shurfield did and did very well. And then who's doing that? Who, what defensive back or what wide receiver might be that guy? Uh, and they're giving Keyshawn a shot at it. I think they might give Isabella a shot at it. But I remember last year a couple times when Isabella was a gunner, one time in New England especially, I think he overran. He was gunning and he overran a play. And I'm like, you, you've got to be – you've got to get Jeff Rogers to have that comfortability factor in there. And, and that's, a, that's a tough thing. And I think that's something else to watch in this last preseason game. Isabella's going to get reps. Keyshawn Johnson's going to get reps. You might want to watch as much as you're watching the offensive plays when they're out there. Watch what they're doing on special teams. I tell you what, watch four receivers. Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson, then watch Antoine Wesley. Watch Greg Dorch because guess what? If the top four receivers aren't playing, and you might see a few reps from Rondell Moore, we'll see. I, I firmly believe Cliff Kingsbury has tried to get a few things on film 
with 85 to try and you know, wait a minute 85 is not accurate anymore is it that's, do we have breaking correct. news here on Cardinals Underground who's going to reveal did, uh, an, another number change here another Joe? number I, change it was it was very interesting that uh, veteran punter Andy Lee who just changed to number 4 a couple years ago apparently has decided that he would be nice and give up number 4 so Rondell Moore is taking number 4 his college number and Andy Lee is going to 14. I need to get Andy Lee some Starbucks or something. That's nice. Yeah. Could, couldn't they have waited until uh, Paulie play-by-play <laughs> calls the Saints games before they made yet another number change? Were uh, you worried about mistaking oh, uh, Rondell Moore for Andy I'm Lee? Gonna, I'm going to jack that up. We'll see. i gotta, I got to start practicing right now. <laughs> oh, I, no, I, I'm thought, just I thought professionals yeah. like yourself, yeah. you just – Dave you know. Pash wouldn't have any problem with that. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> a pro's that hurts. pro. Right that hurts. Here. That's you know. He I did. Mean, he pulled out the Dave Pash yeah, card. It's uncalled for. Dave Pash calls an NFL game on Sunday, a college basketball game on Monday or Tuesday, an NBA game on a Wednesday or Thursday, another college football game on Saturday. Comes back to the Cardinals game on Sunday, and he doesn't miss a single name or number. That's not. It's true. uncalled for. He's, I'm sure he's missed one. I'm sure it's all spotters. You got them all fired up. <laughs> I'm that's sure not, it's all spotters. It has nothing to do with Dave. It's just ESPN spotters, spotters that make him He's got the best spotters in the league. He's got a prompter. We all know. I'm going to blow the cover <laughs> off that. He's got a prompter. He's working for a prompter the entire time. So, I'm just saying what could happen is you got your eyes on Andy Isabella and Keyshawn Johnson. Well, if the top four receivers are not playing, then yeah. guess what? Greg Dortch and Antoine Wesley are getting a lot of reps. Oh, yeah. And if those guys are productive – and start making a lot of catches against the Saints. That could be, can I say it, no bueno for no the bueno. Arizona Cardinals? Could I go there? Perfect. Because now all of a sudden Steve comes like, no, I wanted to slip this Wesley and Dorch guy to the practice squad, and now they've got Phil making catches what we've seen in practice every day. Maybe. But, again, here's the thing about that is, like, I know guys get cut and they get claimed on waivers, but if you look at the the vast majority of guys don't. And when you start talking about having to claim a guy and keep him for your first three weeks on your 53-man roster, you better be awful sure. And a receiver who, by the way, doesn't know your playbook at all, so you're bringing him in ice cold. You better be awful sure about taking him. And that's why I just feel like most of the time that just doesn't happen that But much. he has that Texas – Antoine Wesley has that Texas Tech Kingsbury background. Yeah. Don't you don't yeah. don't you guys think that would benefit him benefit him because honestly in terms of what? In terms of potentially Being on this team? Yeah, on that 53 I I think that the uh, look, I'm not saying that Antoine Wesley isn't a guy that they have been impressed with some of his moves, but I personally think he's probably more of a practice squad candidate and I don't think a lot has changed that because you know, there are short – I mean, there's a reason why – I think he was a seventh-round pick when he came out. There's a reason why he's not wasn't on a team and got picked up by the Cardinals. You know, I, I think he can improve, but, you know, I, I, the reason I like – And that's why I like Antoine Wesley. They have so many smaller receivers. The idea of having a bigger one around, even if it's just the practice squad, makes a lot of sense. What have you me. guys seen from Keyshawn and Andy, though, that gives you the confidence to say they could – make this roster i mean you i personally haven't been that impressed with those two wide receivers but again Keyshawn last year he was dealing with the injury and then the the covid situation situation andy Isabella was a healthy scratch towards the late late last season so that's the only question that goes through i my mean mind. ultimately i think part of it is they still see potential in andy isabella and he was a second round pick and you can say what you want felipe that I feel like that, especially three years in, that still carries a little bit of weight. The other, uh, Keyshawn, here's a guy who he's close with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is comfortable with Keyshawn Johnson. And uh, that doesn't necessarily mean he'll be on the field all the time. But, you know, if you've got a guy down on the depth chart, maybe a, a guy that, you know, is comfortable with a quarterback and the quarterback's comfortable with him, that also makes some sense. Well, and to weigh in on your question, I think – the Cardinals think a full year under the tutelage of Sean Jefferson, the new position coach, will serve Andy Isabella well. I see that. And I could see them, okay, we got a second-round pick in this kid. Uh, let's give him your number three with a new position coach who maybe can go a long way in bolstering the thing Andy Isabella needs help with the most, and that's his confidence level. When Andy Isabella has performed and been productive, what have we heard from him? I feel confident. And then, for whatever reason, it's the mental side of the game. He'll lose confidence, and then he loses playing time, and he even loses being active on game day, to your point, well, Felipe. Well, and I was going to say, too, that um, uh, we're it, it's kind of this catch-22 where all it takes with everything Andy Isabella has been through is 
one bad player, one struggle of a game. And, you know, these guys all say they don't listen to the noise. It's hard not to listen to the noise. It's hard for your parents not to listen to the noise or friends or and let you know about it. And the reality is, is unless he does something great, people want to bag on him. And so that's that's tough on a confidence when you you don't really have any room for error before you start feeling like everybody's saying you're no good. You know, because people have been talking about Andy Isabella yeah. on. All social platforms. Yeah. And I remember a specific day in camp where coming off all the noise and all the talk that I'm pretty sure he was looking at or hearing or whatnot, he performed pretty well. And then he got hit with, you know, the COVID situation. The COVID thing really is messed up. And then, up. so I think this might be one of the biggest preseason games in Cardinals history for guys like well, <laughs> For him, for sure. <laughs> you know, as long as we're talking about receivers and we took a shot at the Niners receiving group, can, uh, can I just make sure it's equal opportunity and take a shot at the Seahawks for a minute? If you want to. The top 100. How is DK Metcalf number 22? Uh, you tell me DK Metcalf is better than Devin White or Lamar Jackson Nick Chubb, that he's 17 places better than Kyler in the NFL top 100 landscape, better than Quentin Nelson or Joey Bosa. Uh, DK Metcalf isn't even the best receiver on his team. Tyler Lockett, I think, is a better receiver. Did you see what Tyler Lockett did in two games against the Cardinals last year? I did. I was there. <laughs> I mean, we're doing this Cardinals classic, and you forget that overtime win – at home against Seattle, yeah. Tyler Lockett had 15 for 200 yards and three touchdowns. And in that game, DK Metcalf had two catches for like 23 yards. So I, I just – the whole DK – the D and DK stands for like delirious at this point when all the hype in the pub around this guy. Nice player. Great pick. Great pick after Andy Isabella. I get it, but he's not number 22 in the NFL when it comes to the top 100 less. Let's pump our brakes a little bit on that. Is anybody with me? I, I would tend to be with you. Okay. Just thought I'd throw that. I mean, Patrick Peterson's two best games last year were against DK, DK Metcalf. Honestly. That, he's always been a matchup know. guy, though. So, yeah, I, you know. But uh, everyone loves him chasing down Buddha, and everyone loves him running with a 100-meter, you know, sprinter team or whatever where he got trounced and all that. Well, but, apparently know, that includes standard. all the other players. I mean, those are players <laughs> yeah. that are voting here. That's true. That's true, you know. That's, that's what I had written down. I think that NFL, out of all the rankings that you see throughout Twitter, throughout the Internet and whatnot, I think this NFL Top 100 is one of the most credible. I wouldn't say it's always accurate, but – I mean, the players. I've seen players voting on it, and it's the yeah. half-filled ballots, and the here's tw <laughs> you have 20 spots, and I'm going to fill out five of them. <laughs> that makes it a little tougher. So, uh, as we wrap up this edition of Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation, Larry, not feeling the urge, uh, you know. Oh yeah, Larry. Is that, is that is that that was his that was his words, right? Oh uh, yeah, I just don't yeah. feel the ur urge, yeah. Jim. So does that mean he doesn't feel the urge? Uh, until somebody makes me feel the urge with a better offer? What well, I see what well, how do we you, go back do, do to we the money? translate what? that at all? Uh, why would we need to translate? Why why do we just uh, if he's not feeling the urge to play football, that seems pretty straightforward. He's not saying I don't feel the urge cuz nobody's paying me enough. Well, but if you weren't still open to consideration, wouldn't you say you're retired? Wouldn't you say rated R, R stands for retired? Uh, or, I'm done. Or or he basically knows he's retired and he just can't bring himself to say it. Which I think yeah. is a much more likely yeah. thing at this point. Okay. He just doesn't want to absolutely completely shut the door. He wants that little sliver of light coming in. So if he has to get up and middle I'll give, of the night. I'll give you an example. In the Vikings' second preseason game. He's Adam, not playing for the Vikings. Adam Thielen <laughs> limped off the field. Limped off the field after four snaps. I hope he was hurt. And everyone hold, held their breath and they said, oh, boy. You know, that's the kind of scenario. If that's the kind of scenario that materializes, then all of a sudden Rick Spielman is on the horn to Minnesota's oh, own go. Larry Fitzgerald. That, when we wonder what's Larry waiting for, that could be it, a scenario just like that. Paul, there's also times where I don't have the urge to go out on a specific Saturday and they end up going out a couple hours later as well. So maybe – in October, November, no he gets no cap. There's right. sometimes it's like right. noon on a Saturday, and I tell <laughs> I tell the boys, you know what, I'm not feeling it. I don't have the urge to go out at 10 p.m., 11 p.m. Get home Felipe. at midnight. 
You're at the no. age where if you don't go out, you feel like you're missing something. FOMO. So then, FOMO. But you get to the – there will be a certain point in your life, I'll say early to mid-30s, where you realize, I'm not missing a dang thing. I don't need to go out every Friday and Saturday it night. There's nothing out there that, that I'm missing. I think it was probably – I probably got to my 40s, but, yeah, I'm there now. <laughs> really? Hopefully okay. I get to my 40s and I – Well, wait, wait. You're, you're not married yet, though, right, nope. Felipe? So let's let's find out who you get married to and what she thinks about all that, That's too. true. That'd accelerate the timeline. You're right. What kind of kids well you done. have at home. That's well yeah. done. That's well done. That's good. See, you, you came on Cardinals Underground, Felipe, and you didn't realize you'd get some really good life advice. That's right. That's From Uncle Darren. For. Vocabulary as well. No cap. That's right. No cap. I wrote it down. I ho- hopefully, Darren learned a thing or two about cap or no cap. Hopefully, by the next episode, you start I kinda using knew. that. I kind of knew. Paul was the one that was like. I actually Googled it up. I didn't believe you at first. I did Google it up in the Urban Dictionary. They say cap is. See, uh, it's my dictionary. Cap. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's Ironically, right. it's called That's the right. Urban Dictionary. That's right. I like that you even you know, know about that. I mean, come on. How preposterous is that? That Darren would be the source of all slang? Come on now. <laughs> we can't have that. That's what I came on here for, I mean, to test you guys on the Urban Dictionary, right. Lingo, right. Right. and all that stuff, so yeah. Lingo. Yeah, don't, don't let that happen again. Don't mention Urban Dictionary <laughs> again with Darren around, okay? Because that would be capped <laughs> on this <laughs> edition of Cardinals capped. Underground. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>